3: Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friend with the good
4: news.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the good news. It is Angie Austin and even friends today. Dr. Joe Arve is here. Hello, Dr. Joe. Hello, hello. Also, Inspirational Eve. It's so neat. You guys came in on the same day, Inspirational Eve. I
5: know. It was just meant to be that way. I'll bet hey, you he's you. jealous
0: your name is Inspirational. <laughs> because he wants to be Inspirational, I think Joe. he
5: really already is. I don't think you want to be. I think you are. you got to take Having ownership. have That's okay. <laughs> just take ownership, Dr. Joe. Right. You're Inspirational.
0: Well, and I think that you guys, um, you know, have, you're both so passionate about health and longevity and making positive changes in your life. Um, Eve, if you haven't heard her on my show before, lost 150 pounds. 150 pounds And I found her Oddly enough On the most amazing Weight loss stories of the year On a CNN website And then I figured out When I got your phone number I'm like Are you in Colorado? And then we <laughs> found and then, and then you started coming in And it was so great Because I thought I'd just do a phoner with you When you were somewhere else In the country mm. So how cool is that? I know
5: It was just meant to be this way That's originally I'm from California And here I am Playa. Right here where you are.
0: Well, and Dr. Joe has really helped me with, you know, improving my general health in life and just cutting out some of the things that I don't want to have. But he's also taught me a lot about not looking for a number on the scale. And you and I've mm. talked about this that when you're doing triathlons, et cetera that um that you Ooh, still feel self-conscious no you are oh doing, I was gonna say yes. I'm like you
5: do triathlons now we no. do have things in common no. <laughs> but, but yes very no. much so that even and now i'm training for a half marathon and there's moments because i have all this excess skin and i'm still you know i'm on my journey where it's finding that place in this world even though i've released 150 pounds i'm still technically by society's standard a full-figure woman where do I sit? Even though I'm, you know, I can run and I do triathlons and I eat so well. So it's definitely been um, a mental, emotional, and spiritual journey really more so than physical. The physical has just been the nice byproduct yes. of it all.
0: Well, and Dr. Joe, you've taught me that, I mean, I'll let you talk next again until you're ready to explode. You've taught me <laughs> that what society says is healthy, this scrawny, you know, size two woman, might not actually be health. You've taught me that health doesn't necessarily have a specific number.
4: Society didn't go to school and study health and study they just have an opinion and they like to share it and sometimes we just listen to way too much of what they say mm-hmm. and I always say if they if I ever meet them, I'm gonna punch them in the nose <laughs> <laughs> but I've been sitting here for how many months hear Angie talk about her scale and every this here so mm-hmm. I'm happy to announce in May we're doing a workshop you're uh, burning
0: my scale? No. no. why? <laughs> it's called,
4: It's called, why is my scale broke? <laughs> who broke my scale? That's what it's it called. He uses the graphic
0: the I posted once of two little girls next to a scale, and the one little girl tells you, don't get on it, it makes you cry. Yeah. Every time my mom gets on it, it makes her cry. The scale. Yeah,
4: so oh, it up in May, I've taken the frustrations I've heard about people swearing that something's wrong with a scale because they're doing this, and they're doing that, and they're doing this, and the thing why won't move. Why is my move. scale broken? So, who broke my scale? That's what it's, the, oh, it's that's called. I I like that. So that'll be fun because we're talking about what is, again, it's the habits. It's the reasons that, that because society lies to us and says, oh, just do this, rub this, drink that, and you'll be all set. And literally what it does, you don't realize it, but it actually makes you gain weight because of the ingredients in there, mm-hmm. and they're trying to make you a lifeline, lifetime customer, not necessarily make you healthy, make you stronger. And so so that's society for you So well, you, I, you know. I,
0: I don't know if I sent you guys the article and I, I don't want to get into too many specifics because I don't know quite what the ingredients were but some young another young beautiful girl and this is the second one I've reported on the last few months and I believe she's in England had ordered through the mail uh, these diet pills and they had a, a form of if you take too much basically poison in it uh-huh. and um, she overdosed and she actually went to the hospital walked in and said I'm starting to feel weird we told them what she had but once it was in system there was no way to counteract it and so they were trying to cool her down trying to lower her temperature they tried to restart her heart and this and I looked at her picture and I thought to myself why on earth would this young beautiful woman think that she needed to take these things and I thought would I have done the same thing when I was her age and I thought you know what don't judge you probably would have because you know and here
4: she did it over the internet your society <clears throat> not satisfied with yourself there's an internal Boy, little boy, little girl—that's not happy with themselves, and lots of times we use food, or we'll use things, or we'll use society to try to cover that up, so we can be liked, we can be accepted, and lots of times it's our—we at at the expense of ourselves.
5: Absolutely, absolutely.
4: And well, and you—you felt—I want to share a story with you of some young girls defining beauty,
0: you know, because it's interesting how early they start to be affected by messages but oh
5: my goodness when you
0: were um a teenager and like college age you told me you had to get two seats on a plane i did so you very much had a body image situation going on and
5: even at five years old i remember in kindergarten you're star of the week because all of us are star of the week Mm -hmm. and one of the questions was when you grew up what do you want to be and I wanted to be thin. Mm. So even at five years old, I had this disconnect from myself that if when I grow up, that's the thing that's going to make you happy and successful. What is it? You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be at five. I wanted to be thin because I thought maybe if I'm thin, then I'll be happy. And you talking about that scale, that's one way of measuring your entire life that when you do hit that number, who are you going to be? You're still going to be that same person that at however many pounds you were prior, you are taking all of those insecurities, uncertainties, Horrible body image with you.
0: Well, and Doctor Joe, when I tell him I want to weigh a certain way, he'll be like, "Do you think when that um, the scale hits that that all the promises will come
4: true, all your dreams will come true?" Like <laughs> it when that, seems yeah. Like all it. yeah, your frogs will turn into Prince Charming. Yes.
0: Just, <laughs> yeah. So I just am. Um, I don't speak, and then Eve isn't a, a mom yet. She's in her twenties, and she's getting married in the fall. And I, I'm so uh, uh, absolutely. Diligent about not saying anything negative in front of my girls. I only I talk about how they're athletes and they're strong and they're the best swimmers and they're winning winning blue ribbons and uh, muscles and they show me their muscles. But I never talk about thin or skinny or my weight or what I'm eating or the scale. Like I put the scale away. Like I don't want them on the scale. So I never give them any negative you know uh, messages from me because I believe the moms infect the kids mm-hmm. with those negative messages. Mm-hmm. So here are some girls explaining beauty. Now the first girls we're going to hear from are more like tweeny kind of age and slightly younger right in that age so they're not you know they're not 15 or 16 yet they're more like 10 11 12 13 right in there
2: in the media you see all these images of like the ideal body type and like how you should be really skinny and like look a certain way and like be a certain weight you can try to be like these celebrities who have like really big butts and like
0: tiny waists
2: it's like you'll look at pictures and be like, wow, Like I wish I had that body, but it's not really possible. I'll hear like, oh, like big butts are trending right now. You can pick out all your flaws, and the society does that as well for you.
0: There's this picture of me at camp, and I was probably, I don't know, in like third or fourth grade. And like, I'm in a bikini, I was really young, but like, it's a picture of me and all my friends, and we're all, like, sucking in, even though we're only in, like, third or fourth oh grade, God. and it
5: looks ridiculous. The fact that we were just all weighing ourselves at a birthday party, that In what, fourth grade? Maybe sixth grade. That's kind of scary.
0: <laughs> Everyone would come home from camp, because they were really active at camp, be like, I lost weight. And it'd be like a contest, who lost the most weight at camp? It scares me. You know. But yeah. they're being honest, yeah. and they're young, sucking in your stomach in third or fourth grade. You mentioned in kindergarten how you that your goal or your dream is to be thin, uh, weighing yourselves at a birthday party in sixth grade, comparing. They're doing BMIs now in school, comparing their BMI to see you know who's thin enough. And now there's that pressure to be curvy because like that whole Kardashian thing. And believe me, I do not follow that you know world <laughs> at all. But I know just in looking for good news that like that curvy look that people are actually having surgery now to get curvier on the rear. And and so these poor girls that are built like sticks when they're in junior high, now there's pressure for them to build, you know, be curvy there. It's like, oh, my goodness, these poor kids. And the girl said it right, though. It's not possible. Some of this stuff is so airbrushed. It's not even possible exactly. for them to look that way.
5: Exactly. You look at a lot of these models, and it's you're not seeing the hairs on their legs. You know, this is the natural hair that's on our body. You're not seeing any of this. We're taking this authentic woman, this authentic man, and we're making them artificial.
4: You've been lied to. Yeah. So I just tell people, you know, when I show that Diet Coke, bot, you know, like what what do they promise you if you drink a lot of this? What will happen? Oh, everything. Well, it's the same thing. It's the same lie. It's the same. You know, when I when I hear these little girls talk about that, I'm like, who told you that? Yeah. Where are you hearing that? And. And the thing is, is that sometimes it's their own mothers well, keep criticizing themselves. It's, it's mothers, it's society, it's it's all these things. And we get that negative stinking thinking going and we, I'm not good enough. You know, we talk, we talk about the one SNL guy. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Or how are you, you? You remember who that guy is? Stuart yeah. Oh yes. I'm and doggone it. I, I like people me. like me. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is that it everything starts with a thought. Mm -hmm. everything starts with a thought everything Mm -hmm. positive starts with a thought everything negative starts with a thought and if we're not keeping an eye on our kids if we're not keeping an eye on ourselves, we're not listening to the words they're using to describe situations that describe themselves oh I'm fat oh I'm not pretty we need to step in because that's huge that's one time you heard that voice and siblings you need to watch out siblings are a big
5: one and that I am be so mindful whatever you put after that I am you are that is your identity so hear these young girls saying I am fat I am not pretty I am not good enough Enough. That mm-hmm. then is be part of their identity. Yeah, it becomes a part of their DNA. And it's- oh, I love
0: that. There's a little a girl that it's gone viral a couple of years ago, and she's standing in front of the mirror. She says, "I am good enough. I am smart. I got great hair. Oh. I am funny. <laughs> I am nice. People like me. And, you know, I'm gonna take on my day." And it's cute to see a toddler already giving these "I am great" statements. So um, here's another clip, and at some point we're gonna hear from some girls that are a little bit younger again, uh, f- talking about society's pressure for them to look a certain way and them explaining what beauty is
2: it's really bad with people who aren't happy with their bodies and they they get anorexic yeah I, it's like really sad that they think whatever they look like it's not good enough for them everybody's different like they look different ways and you should judge people by that
5: these little voices yeah. they're, oh
0: they're even goodness. younger that was yes, another group of little. girls I thought it was interesting that a girl even understood about it, what anorexia was. Yeah. Because I'm so um, diligent about not ever saying anything about my weight, or if I'm trying, you know, if I'm not happy with the way something fits. But after Christmas, I've shared this a couple times. I was talking to my sister-in-law, and I said, "Oh my goodness, my rear end is gigantic right now. I can't believe how much I ate." <laughs> so my 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 son overheard me, and he went, oh, "You're." Butt is not big. It is medium. (laughs) You have a medium butt. And he was like appalled that I would say that about myself. Like, (gasps) and I heard him say that, like, no, and he's shaking his head. No. Like he was gonna set me straight. You know, it's medium. (laughs) Sheesh. But I thought, boy, that's the one time my kids have heard me spew a negative message about myself because no matter how I feel, and if I go through that period where I'm like, oh, I want to be smaller or this, that, and the other, I never say it to them or let them believe. I think anything negative about myself and they've never said anything about my weight ever, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm up or down.
5: Yeah, it's awesome. Well, because people they, they need an example that this is what beautiful is and that is whatever you are. That yeah. we have these definitions that the, our culture, our media is saying this is the new beautiful. This yeah. is the new sexy. And really it comes down to and that this has been a huge part of my journey and why I'm writing a book called Own the Skin You're In is what makes me feel beautiful what makes me happy that's what it should come down to is because we're living this external world i mean that's why we're overeating that's why we're doing drugs that's why we're drinking we're going for external sources because we ourselves are not happy inside
0: well and that's what i'm trying to teach my kids about you know their faith as well and they're really into our thursday bible study and they they went forth and accepted jesus the other day and Mm -hmm. got their bibles and i think they feel that love in their heart and i think that does help a kid believe that they're worthy uh, and give them and it helps them at least have another um tool to battle society telling
4: them they're not good enough because if God thinks they're good enough they are Well I'm glad you brought that up because that's really been something that that people are missing they're lacking faith in how their body's made. They're lacking faith in why they're made. They forget that God has a good plan for their life. They forget that God loves them. He's not mad at them, and he's given them an incredible power that if they will ask, you know, I read it today to my to my kids. I said, you know, it said, what, what I can't make happen on my own, God will make happen for me. And we forget that because if I can't make something happen on my own, then I've got to Whatever else I gotta figure it out. I got advice I gotta. I gotta do. I'm not good enough. And what realizes is, is that God has given us intelligence, but His power is is there for us. And it's like never asking your father for help while you live in his house, while you eat his food, while you. But you never have a relationship there. That's what people. So many people are struggling. And what I try to do is as as a doctor somehow is to communicate. Look, when you cut your arm, do you ever worry about it ever healing? They go, well, no, just a cut. I will guess what? The same power that heals that I cut is the same power that sets the stars, sets the moon. It's the same power that either allows your body to get cancer or not get cancer. It, it's a, You shouldn't worry about anything because God is in control. And if you will get in alignment with that and steward that and ask Him and then thank Him and praise Him at all times and have that kind of mindset, then it's really hard to get unhealthy that's because beautiful. we're leaving God out of the picture. Oh, you,
5: oh that's what did you say? That's, that's beautiful. beautiful. It's yeah. just that it's yeah. such a message, I think, that is really missing... Um, um, not everywhere, obviously, but in the mainstream media. In the areas Well, count. your story yeah. is beautiful,
0: yeah. Eve, because you here you were over 300 pounds, this young, beautiful girl in your early 20s. You were an atheist, you said, and mm-hmm. that you feel that God really entered your heart and your soul and has become a big part of your life and, and helped you on this journey to lose 150 pounds, which, you know, we just throw that around. That's a miracle. It's a I lot. am sorry. losing. T- I mean, you lost more than me.
5: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you I, lost I, more than me. That is crazy. And it's been such a fascinating fascinating Don't look at me like that. I don't weigh over
0: 150, Dr. Joe.
4: (laughs) Medium.
5: Medium. (laughs) Medium. You're medium. No, but you lost more than a me. I just think that's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. And it's really, you know, what you were bringing up about um, trusting in God and knowing that God has a bigger plan is that's really what's taken me from that place of, okay, yeah, I lost 150 pounds, but I still weighed 340 pounds in my mind. And I I felt so unattractive and hideous and huge. You you couldn't get rid of that body image. And I I know you're talking about being at the triathlon.
0: And all of a sudden, looking around and getting self conscious in your Mm wetsuit rather than embracing and rejoicing over the 150 pounds lost, you were like sad that you didn't look the way
5: you felt society said you should look. My stomach, I'm like, oh my gosh, in this wetsuit, it's huge. She
4: named her stomach, Dr. Joe. She gave it a beautiful name.
5: (laughs) I had to in order to learn to start loving it.
4: it. Well, the thing is, there's people who've lost. Look at the biggest loser. They've lost tons of weight and they're still not happy they're still not fun to live with they're more maybe psychotic than they were before because now they're like oh go now i have this pressure to lose it now i have this pressure what if i gain it back and they're just they just go crazy because god they they didn't invite god in and it wasn't a relationship and it wasn't a process they didn't love themselves first Mm -hmm. and then everything else the the health the losing weight is, is a side effect that i don't longer need to use destructive food or bad habits to cover up my pain now i'm happy and i have joy and my I'm at my ideal weight, whatever that is.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, the other friend that I found on that CNN Most Successful Weight Loss Stories of the Year, besides Eve, Justin Willoughby lost 600 pounds and he became a pastor Mm -hmm. and faith had not been a big deal to him. And he said that in the journey that God was his rock to get him over this food addiction. And, you know, Eve talks about God helping her through the journey as well. And I just think we overlook the power that the Lord has to help us deal with day-to-day life. And I'm not saying that We ask him, you know, what kind of butter should I buy? You know, should I get triscuits (laughs) or should I get baked triscuits? No, but just turning to him in your everyday struggles and letting that peace invade your Mm soul—that you are not alone in this journey in life—and whether it be drug addiction or eating too much or you know, you you know, anger issues, whatever it may um, be—I think that we overlook
4: the power of God to help us. That's the that's the subtle difference between another self help weight loss book. And a book saying, look, it's all about God's love and power for you. Invite him in. Ask him to help you. And as soon as you ask him to help you, then start thanking him and believing because the help is is happening. You may not see it, but it's happening. And, once you, and then I'm going to start getting in alignment with how God made my body as I thank him for how he's made me to be wonderful and be strong and all those promises. Then there's power in that. Uh, Any other program is just another program. And
0: figure out the plan that works for you. And I'm not just talking about the food. I'm talking about, for me, it is I need to have a devotional every day. I've got sitting right here one of them. And then I like to write a little bit every day and have a couple of quiet moments because my brain is like a tornado with 100 interviews a week, three little kids, a 3 a.m. wake-up call, a husband with a startup. I need to make my mind peaceful a couple moments a day or my life won't work. So I turn to the Lord. I turn to Scripture. I turn to the Bible. I turn to my devotions. I turn to some writing. Even if it's only 10 minutes, whatever I can fit in, that's how my day will go right. And so work. figure out what works for you. Maybe it's listening to a sermon. Maybe it's going on a nature walk. I used to call mine God walks. Whatever it is, figure out what works for you and then take all the healthy things that Dr. Joe teaches us and that Inspirational teach uh, Eve teaches us. Which, by the way, um, Dr. Joe, how do people reach out to you? If
4: they go to my website spinegeek.com. Oh, we have a free anti-aging and, uh, and we have questionnaires to look at. Because sometimes people are really working really hard. And it just, they're frustrated because they're just have been given the wrong map. And so we want to give them the right map to get healthy. And so they can take a, it's a hundred questions. It's online. It's free. I just need your first initial or in last name, uh, your email address at spine geek.com. Just contact us that way. Or you can text me at 303. 303- three four nine six zero one one and we'll get that to you and we'll begin making some good choices for you good ha- and good ha- my mom good still
0: puts a lot a lot of what you taught her into yeah. her life it's Amen. really helped her she's yeah awesome. she's walking a lot more yeah. Aww. Still uses the cane, but she's walking a lot more. Come Inspirational. On. I know. Inspirational <laughs> Eve, how do people reach out to you? Because it's your passion to help people Absol- work out,
5: exercise, et cetera. Absolutely. InspirationalEve.com. You can also in, uh, email me at InspirationalEve at gmail.com. Um, I offer a complimentary session to anybody who's interested in hearing how I can help you change your life.
0: Love it. And you can also find my guest via me, Angie Austin at gmail. at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you. If you'd like to support the good news, I would absolutely love it love it. We'll be right back.
3: Proclaiming the love of Christ, 810 AM KLVZ.
0: Do you need money for your school or maybe you need money for your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. So you get all the parents, let's say, at your school to bring in clothing and shoes. And for every medium-sized bag, your school or organization gets a dollar. A thousand bags of clothing and shoes, you get a $1,000. And then all of those bags of goods go to ARC. And all of that money will then in turn help the disabled community. I have Miranda from ARC here. Uh, Tell us a little more, Miranda.
6: Yes, it's a wonderful fundraiser. It's very popular among schools, sports, organizations churches. It's a great way to earn money for your nonprofit organization. So Excellent. collect bags and boxes of donations. Give us a call. We'll come pick them up, count them, and then pay you accordingly, a dollar per bag
0: or per box. It's a great way to raise money for your school or not-for-profit organization. Tell us how we do it. Give us your website and instructions, Miranda. You can find our contact information on
6: arkthrift.org. Click on Mission, and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause, and you'll find my contact
0: information there. Excellent. A buck a bag. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Morland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching, and there's so much love in that church, and I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Morland, I just... I I love going to church now. I learn something every week and I I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry.
1: Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people. And two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus.
0: Thursday night we connect you can go to dinner you get to know people and then on Sundays I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning and I feel I'm always hugged I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there and so I feel like I'm growing but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church so if people would like to come how do they
1: reach you Pastor Morland please go to our website you can download our sermons for free and find out where we are denverbible.org
0: Hello it's your pal Angie Austin. You know I have to tell you if you enjoy the good news I would love your support. I would love to team up with you to partner with you and help you grow your business or your nonprofit and also you could support the good news at the same time. I know all of my sponsors personally. I really enjoy working with these advertisers because we have friendships as well as a business relationship. This show means the world to me. I have a passion for sharing good news and I have a passion for my faith and I would also have a passion for you and and building your business as well. You can reach me at angieaustinnews at gmail.com. Angieaustinnews at gmail.com. I'd love to work with you.
3: This is the place where love lives. 810 KLVZ.
0: Welcome back to the good news. Well, Robbie Yopes, author and speaker, is a fabulous, fabulous guest. And I am so excited because we have Shauna Nyquist, uh, author and speaker, uh, here to talk about 365 devotions, savor, living abundantly, where you are, as you are. And I kept Robbie Yopes uh, because she was here to do another segment with me. And Robbie, you thought we were just going to talk about the book because you love Shauna Nyquist. And when I just told you she was on the phone, you freaked out.
7: I'm like, I'm going to meet Shauna Nyquist. Oh my word. Oh my word. I love her. She is an extraordinary writer and just a cool woman. Shauna,
0: it's so funny. She thought I was just going to talk about the book. She had no idea you were on hold. So she's so excited that we actually are interviewing you. Well,
7: that's so fun. Hi. Hi, Shauna. I'm Robbie. It's nice to meet you. I'm and a little, little bit groupy. Mo-
6: Go ahead, Shauna. My mother in law was on the phone. She would say, she would ask me to remind you. It- it's Nequist. Oh, I'm sorry, oh. Nequist.
0: Well, it's well, totally fine. Well,
6: everybody does it, totally not a thing.
0: Well, I, um, I am so excited. I suggested this interview about a saber because I thought, what a neat thing that you have a devotional, but you, uh, you incorporate cooking. So, first of all, let's talk about that, wh- how you came up with this idea for this book.
6: Well, you know, there's really two reasons. First of all, I, I just I love to cook. I love to eat. I love to entertain. I read cookbooks like they're novels. Um, uh, I'm really fascinated by, by what people eat and why. And there are different traditions around food. Then the other thing is um, we've been talking about a devotional for years. And I also just a touch reticent about it. Essentially, because I never want, uh, I don't believe, and I never want to make people feel like the fullness of spiritual life happens when you're alone with a book and a Bible. I feel like that's part of spiritual life, but a lot of spiritual living happens around the table. It happens in our kitchens, it happens in our living rooms. And so the recipes are sort of a way of saying close the book, get up, gather your people, spend some time telling the truth and laughing and praying together. They're sort of an invitation to the connected part of spiritual living.
0: I love that. Gather your people. I want even more people like when I cook and have people over and it's so fun and exciting. Well, Robbie, go ahead. You've read, you've read some of Shauna's books as well.
7: Well, I I finished bread and wine not too long ago, Shauna, and it was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. I've tried a couple of the recipes. Don't ask me which ones, but I, and I love that a lot of them are gluten free because your husband's gluten free. Yeah. And so they're perfect recipes because my son is not, he's not allergic, but he needs gluten free to, for his energy level. Anyway, I yeah. love your stories. You are a storyteller. And I love reading books that just tell stories. And I just, I I adore what you're doing and how you talk about people just coming around and the lessons from your life and relating them to food. It's fantastic. Well,
0: I want to ask you, Shauna. now that she's mentioned about you being a storyteller, I'm a verbal storyteller. I love to tell stories and I love it when I can get people laughing and, you know, giggling and having fun. Have, are you a good storyteller verbally and written? Is that kind of something that you enjoy and that you have a knack for or a gift for?
6: Yeah. You know, I, Maybe I do. My parents always tease me like, man, it's a good thing you became a writer because there had to be some place for all of those words to go.
1: <laughs> um,
6: and we have two little boys and they are both just talkers. They will just, I mean, they'll follow you around the house telling you these long, elaborate stories. And whenever I get sort of um, like a little bit annoyed by it, my parents are like, oh, no, no, you have no idea what we went through with you in our house growing up. So, yeah, I think I think I'm a chatter. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, you know, if you could give one piece of advice, as I was looking through some of the research and questions and bio information on you, if you could give one piece of advice to women looking to savor their lives, because that is the title of the book, what would it be uh, in terms of your advice to them?
6: You know, I think it, it sounds uh, it sounds really simple and it is really hard, but um, do less and connect more. Mm.
7: Um, Ooh, like that. Um, and I'm working That's on wonderful. that
6: every day. Um we joke about it. My house is a lot messier than it used to be a couple years ago. Um, I'm working less than I used to. I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm pushing and achieving and multitasking a lot less than I used to. But my front door is open more often, and I have people are on my table more often, and they see me in my pajamas more often. Mm-hmm. But that connection is really life-changing. So I'm, I'm working on working less and doing less and then connecting more.
7: And I have to tell you that, you know, I like on Facebook, I like several pages and I'm interested in reading other posts, but your Facebook page that I liked is wonderful because of the the posts that you put are so real, so interesting. You're not trying, and I, you know, I don't mean to just, I'm just flattering you. I'm not trying to do that. (laughs) I I probably sound like a little bit of a stalker. (laughs) Hi, Shauna. Um, But I love what you do because it's so real and it's so interesting and it's not just, oh, look at me, read my books. Like, can I read a couple of them, Shauna? Is that okay? Sure. I I feel, uh, on Sunday you put, I feel super old and uncool at American Apparel at the mall In the suburbs imagine then how disorienting Coachella would be (laughs) I mean I just love her because she's so real and go ahead read one more here's one more Um, let's begin this Sunday morning with love patience kindness toward people toward our world also toward ourselves sometimes that's the hardest
0: and, Shauna, why are you so real on your face? Because I've, I've had other people tell me, like, don't show your children. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, well, that's all I am as a mom and a radio host and a Christian. Like, what else am I supposed to, like, talk about? I don't want to talk about stuff that doesn't mean anything to me. So how do you feel about being so real and opening up your life?
6: You know, I think um, my the reason I do it is because I want people to feel like they're not alone and they're not crazy. I, um, I think more or less, we're all pretty similar, right? We yes. worry about the same things. We're excited about the same things. We're scared of the same things. We're trying hard to get the same things right in terms of, you know, parenting and marriage and faith. And so the more people can feel like they're not alone and they're not crazy, I think that makes you feel like you have good company along the journey. So that's always my desire is just to make people feel like, they have a friend who feels the same things they do.
0: Oh, they have a friend. That's what I want to be on the radio. I want to be like, feel like, have people feel like they're getting a radio hug and like, um, like just maybe a little bit about Jesus. And like, I don't want to freak them out and like thump them over the head with a Bible, but know that like Jesus is really great. But, you know, I don't want to yeah. scare them because I feel like a lot of radio for Christians, if you're a non Christian, when you turn it on, it's like a lot of fire and brimstone and scares them. And I feel that way about your books too that when you open it, it's like love and warmth and food and friends. Friends, mm, and yes, yes, faith, but yes. not faith that knocks you over the head.
6: Well, you know, several of my very best friends, uh, like since high school, are not Christians, and they are incredibly intelligent, wise. Thoughtful, creative, beautiful women. They just happen to not be Christians. And um, I want to write in such a way that they don't feel excluded by the language that I use. I want them to feel invited to the table and to the conversation and esteemed. Um, and, and so I work really hard not to use language that would only be understood
0: by people who've gone to church. For I a long love time. that. You are me in a book. <laughs> you no, know, but that was, no, that's, you are like me with longer hair. Um, it's just, it is so funny because I really wanted to leave. TV news and do good news, but in a way that, so people would be, feel welcomed, you know, to the table, even Mm -hmm. if they weren't a Christian and feel like, wow, this is a really cool table to sit at. I feel welcome Mm -hmm. here.
7: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, after I read your book, Shauna and Angie, it's this, I think this is universal. You read a book of Shauna's and then you want to have a, a dinner party. Immediately. Oh, that is oh, my next
0: God. No, that is my next question, Shauna. No one has dinner parties anymore. I have one friend who has a house. It's like walking into Frank Sinatra's house. I'm like, yeah, if I live in this house, I'd want to have dinner parties too. If I had a <laughs> fountain. A f- at their last party, some guy fell on the fountain in her living room. I mean, come on, who has a fountain in their living room? Yeah, of course she has a great place for parties. But I think that too many of us don't entertain because we think the paper plates or the mist, like look, my brother came last time. He drank out of a princess cup. And it's like, look, that's your cup. That's what I have. You get a princess cup. <laughs> and if yeah, you'd want to drink yeah. wine out of it fine and i don't think people care if they have to eat drink out of a scooby-doo cup i think they just want to come and be with friends but we think we don't have a fancy enough home we don't think the carpeting is nice enough we think that this the floors are scuffed up and then we don't have matching plates but you know what our friends don't care well why don't we have dinner parties anymore
6: oh, i mean i totally agree with you and we live in a totally normal plain old house in the suburbs And it is full constantly because, I mean, everybody's going to eat dinner, right? Everybody you know (laughs) is going to have dinner tonight. Wouldn't you rather do it together? Mm. And so when I – and I I try not to use words like entertaining or company. I try to use gathering and friends and family because that's really what we're doing. Um, Entertaining sounds like like tap dancing. It's like a variety show, you know. Um, But gathering, like, hey, are you going to eat dinner tonight? Are you? Are you? Hey, chances are we all are. Let's do it together instead. And so – Um, lots of times it's takeout, but it's better to be together and have takeout than not. Sometimes it's really simple. We do soup constantly. We do tacos all the time. Um, (laughs) people who come to my house would never say it's like a fancy three course meal with crystal and China, but it's warm and it's fun. And they feel like they can, you know, drop a glass and nobody freaks out. And there's always kids running around like it. I hope it feels like a family uh, and not like a performance.
0: You know, I have a friend like you and we always, I call her arms wide open because Mm. if she meets the mechanic, if she's uh, meets a really nice waitress, we have at her house, we call it, well, it was called Bible study and dinner, but my kids named it Bible party. So got renamed as the Bible (laughs) party because we have Bible study, but really we spend more time gathering and having dinner. And um, whenever I joke with her about, okay, so, oh, you met, you got your car fixed. Did you invite the mechanic to Bible party? You know, did you invite your server to Bible party? If they go meet a new window washer, he's invited to Bible party. And so she goes, well, arms wide open. My arms are always wide open. (laughs) And and we never have anything fancy. And, you know, I think the idea of potluck, we think, oh, we don't want to hassle our friends. Is it really a big deal for somebody to pick up a veggie tray? No. So if you, if it's too much for you and you're too busy with your three radio shows, like, you know, Angie Austin, that's my excuse because I have too many radio shows and I get up at 3 a.m. to do my morning show. But why do I have to cook everything? I don't. Totally, and
6: I don't either. So, you know, we have a small group that meets every Thursday night and it mostly meets at our house and there are nine of us and I love setting the table and I usually make the main course and then somebody brings a salad, somebody brings bread, somebody brings dessert, somebody brings drinks. So easy. It's no trouble for them to stop on their way. I love it. I love that. And I think I think the idea of having people in your home and like you need one of everything from Williams Sonoma (laughs) and you need a private chef. Exactly. um, I think that contributes to our loneliness. You know, you think because I can't do that, I won't do anything.
0: It isolates us. And there's something,
6: yeah, there's something so freeing about saying, I'm going to tell you really honestly, this is exactly how our family eats dinner. And you can join us in that. And it's messy and it's loud. And sometimes I don't have napkins. So we just use paper towels and whatever. And sometimes we have hot dogs. Like it just It's not about the food. It's not about the performance. It's about the sense of being welcome in someone's home and around their
0: table. You know, I'm going to try the pumpkin, banana, anything muffins because they, okay, let me be honest because this is a Christian show. I'm going to try it by (laughs) having my mother cook it. Let's be honest. (laughs) Perfect. Grand, grand grand still. I bring grand, grand recipes, and I'm going to bring this home to her because Robbie was already eyeballing your book, and I go, you're not getting this one, sister. Oh, come on. I'm taking it home to grand, grand. And so I will give grand, grand the pumpkin, banana, anything muffins and she'll make them and what I love is a lot of these recipes are really healthy and I find that um, you can make things that taste good that are healthy if you put the effort into it It really I think people just assume if you used almond you know flour that it won't be good but are you kidding me almonds chopped up in a muffin are you kidding me it's delicious
6: (laughs) delicious yeah and you know the the recipes are also really easy and really adaptable um, I'm not trying to provide recipes for people who are already uh, like top chefs. Yes. I'm trying to kind of nudge people who are afraid of the kitchen into the kitchen and give them the skills to say, like, hey, guess what? You can make salad dressing. Totally not a thing. You can do that. You can make muffins. Um, it's not
7: rocket science, but we sort of think it is sometimes.
0: I think so too. Robbie, do you have questions for uh, Miss Nequist?
7: Shana, what's your favorite food?
0: I'm scared.
6: I know it sounds so funny. I could eat pizza every meal, <laughs> really? day or
2: night.
6: Wow. And it doesn't have to be fancy pizza. I will eat cold, frozen pizza for breakfast and just be happy as a clam. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm, I just I, love I, her. I,
0: How I many kids do you have? I
6: like, regular food groups, but I want pizza. I have two little boys, Henry and Mac. They're oh. eight
0: and three. Oh, mine are, um, six, uh, what are they now? six, seven, and nine. And um, I let them know almost daily, um, I go, you know what, this isn't right, you know what this isn't, this isn't a restaurant, there's no menu on the wall, <laughs> and I'm like, we all get served the same meal, there's not like a different section for kids, there's no kitty menu, you know, and so I've really gotten them accustomed to like, you eat what we eat, and is that how you cook for your kids too, is it one meal, or do you make them special little things that are different than you and your husband?
6: You know, it just depends. Um, my littlest is three, and he is really picky. Um, and so if we, if we all had to eat what he ate, we would only have yogurt and applesauce for dinner and starve. <laughs> um, but for me, again, I, what I try to focus on is the gathering, yes. not necessarily the food. So I make sure we sit down together. We talk about our day, what was the best part, what was the hardest part, mm-hmm. where did you see God's fingerprints, or where did you feel sad, You know, something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes we're all eating the same thing. But, again, my husband is gluten-free. The kids and I don't. One of them's real picky. So I try to make it like sort of a Venn diagram where at least there's a middle that overlaps. Um, you know, and actually my favorite cookbook, do you guys read the Dinner, a Love Story blog? No.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, she, she has a great blog, and it's all about feeding kids. And she sort of has that Venn diagram um, idea that what are, what are the common denominators that everybody around the table will eat, and then how do you customize it for each person in a real easy way? Okay. Oh, nice.
0: I, I want to ask you about conversation because I'm writing down heard some of the things I, I, that I wrote. I pretended you signed my book and I wrote, um, Angie, do less and <laughs> connect more. Sit down. What was the best part of your day? Tough part of the day? Where did you see God's fingerprints? What are some of the things that you like to talk about to get the conversation started, whether it be with your kids or with, you know, a group of friends?
6: Well, one of the things we did this last year, um, on the Friday after Thanksgiving, we did a Friendsgiving dinner, oh. and so we had, you know, like maybe Incredible. maybe there were 12 of us around the table, and we had all the kids down in the basement, and they had a picnic, picnic in the basement, and they had babysitters and stuff, um, and I set the table, and on each person's place card, on the opposite, uh, on the back side of it, I wrote a different question for each person, and they were all, you know, so it's Thanksgiving, and they so they were all about kind of essentially how we approach the holiday season. So what's one memory you want to create around the table, or what's one memory you want to create in your home? What's one family tradition that's important to you? Mm -hmm. What's one significant conversation you need to have before the season ends? Um, What's one gift you're excited to give? And it gave shape to such a great conversation around the table. So there are times when I do just like the totally casual potluck. I don't force anybody to talk about anything, but I also feel like Sort of the opportunity as a host is to invite people into a little more depth of conversation, and I find that people really appreciate it. They do. They really don't. They do. They don't mind when you say, "Hey, everybody, you know, flip over your place card." And I don't always do place cards. It was, you know, Thanksgiving kept, felt kind of fancy, but sometimes, you know, there's even a friend of mine has those decks of cards that are like table topics, mm-hmm. and you shuffle through them around the table. And I think people really like they want to go deeper, but they don't always know how.
0: I did. So if you go ahead, oh, go ahead. If you like, as
6: the host are willing to usher them into that, I think that sometimes really helps.
0: I did get some of those, you know, tabletop cards, and I got the ones about, like, you know, um, Jesus around the table or faith around the table. And, you know, my kids are young, like yours, so, you know, like, I opened up the table, and was like, oh, at the last supper with Jesus when he was there, how did he feel about his comrades? You know, I was like, you know, and my my five-year-old just looked at me with big eyes, like, who's, who's supper? You know, and so, like, a lot of them were real biblically more, you know, totally. in-depth, yeah, so yeah. I tried to... uh I tried to, uh, put them in my own words a little bit more, but, um, we did the same thing at Thanksgiving and my mother-in-law really doesn't like to have, you know, deep conversations. But, um, I, I heard some stories from my father-in-law about her parents who, um, Uh, were from Poland and who did not speak English and how when they first met my mother uh, my father-in-law said yeah when I met her grandparents he didn't speak English and it was a card table and her grandpa pulled up a chair and he gave me a chair and he grabbed a big bottle of whiskey and he poured me a cup of whiskey and he just like and held it up to give me like a cheers you know and I said did you (laughs) drink it because he was like 18 he goes well yeah I did I didn't know what else to do and I thought what a funny picture of grandpa now that is an 18 year old at a card table with a man who doesn't speak his language with, you know, being poured a glass of whiskey. It was just such an interesting visual. And they told, you know, several stories before I could tell grandma, you know, was a little bit uncomfortable because she'd lost her father. He was a police officer, Mm -hmm. lost him in the line of duty. So I could tell she was done. You know, she didn't want to do it. But I found out a lot from grandpa. And also they talked about how they met and how they fell in love. And I think we need to really nurture the older generation and get some of those stories from them that our kids can hear firsthand from them rather than from us. And I want to make sure, Shauna, two things. What do you want uh, people to take away from after they read your book? And then I want to make sure we can find you.
6: Yeah. Um, well, and, and to your point, uh, Saber is dedicated to my grandparents. Um, and they've been married for, have they been married for 60 years? They met when they were well. They met in the third grade, and then they reconnected at the end of high school. And then they lived on Pearl Harbor when he was in the Navy, and my mom was born in Hawaii. I mean, so they are they are the love story of our family, and we all aspire to be like them. And so, so those stories are really important in our family as well. Um, Saber is available. everywhere, and I know that it says it's out of stock on Amazon. It's about to be back in stock, I promise. Barnes & Noble has it, a bunch of different bookstores have it, um, and then you can always find me at my website, shawnanequist.com, or on social media, especially on Instagram. That's my favorite, and well, that's S. Nequist.
0: Well, I'm telling you right now, Robbie has a tear in her eye that your book is out of, she's an author, and for your book to be out, out of stock, she has so, she covets your out of stock status. Thank you, Shauna. <laughs> it was fun. Did you have fun, Shauna? Uh, Savor is the book again. Oh yeah.
6: Sorry, I I lost
1: you there for
0: a second, but now you're back. Okay. Oh, excellent. Uh, living abundantly, where you are, as you are. Saber. Thanks, Shauna.
3: The love of Christ. Eight ten a.m. KLVZ.
0: Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar, boy, that was fun and we learned so much. We, it was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that you know I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you and how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? Right. So, the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business. Infinitenation.com. Thanks,
2: Carrie.
1: Thank you. This is a good place. I really like it.
2: This is Eric. He's an ambassador with Arc Thrift Stores. Yeah, I
1: started at the Brick break and sorting the different Brick break stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier.
2: He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace
1: because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job.
2: And he loves where he works. I'm
1: the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts under and make sure there's enough bags.
2: Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at Arc Thrift Stores.
1: It's a very good place. It's, everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around them.
2: Arc needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or Arc Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's ARCthrift.com. Yeah,
1: overall, I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. 810
2: AM, KLVZ.
3: Love lives here.
0: Welcome back to the good news. The good news is there are a lot of wonderful things going on this weekend, and I have the inside scoop with five-star talent and entertainment, Terry Fisher. Hello, Terry.
8: Hello, Angie. Hello, everybody in Radio Land.
0: Well, I sure enjoyed seeing you at the Ever successful luncheon. I don't want to go into how great you are, but I went there to see you, and so I don't want to brag too much about you. But you're very special, and the community appreciates you. That's all I want to say, Terry Fisher.
8: And you know, I appreciate you, your support, your love, and your friendship. Aww. So, Andy, thank you, and we'll give it. We'll give results next week as to the status of today. <laughs> you know, we'll, yes. We'll, we'll save that for you know. Everybody has to hang on. You know, kind of like that. You know, the last, the cliffhanger. Yes. Okay. Well, you so. know,
0: for me, just to say, I have to say that when some, when the community realized is how wonderful someone is like you and how much you give. I just uh, think it's neat because I met so many women when I spoke on your behalf about the kind of businesswoman you are. And again, we'll give more specifics later. But I was just so, my heart was so touched that so many other women in the community had these wonderful stories to share about you because I was like, I felt like I was the only one who knew how great and special you are. I mean, I realized all these other people know how great and special you are with even better stories than I had about you. And I'm like, wow, she does even more good in the community than I knew about. So wow. I respect you for that, and I appreciate you for that, because you walk the talk of what a lot of us Christians say we want to make a difference, and you do make a difference in a lot of the work you do.
8: Wow, you're making me get a tear in my eye here. You know, you're, you're awesome. And and, and just if everybody out there is wondering, we're referring to the um, Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce. And I, Five Star, was one of the three finalists for the um, uh, women in business owned, or women or business owned um, businesses. So we'll give those details out next week. Yay! So, so we'll what's going on this thoughts. weekend? Anyway, so tonight I just want to wish love to everyone that may be attending the ALS Association for the Rocky Mountain Chapter. Their sunset gala is this evening at the Cable Center. If you haven't made a donation and you can't go, of course, that's an ice bucket challenge that everybody did well back. And maybe it's a good thing to bring some monies out and um, help them out as well, because it would be terrible if any one of us got ALS, you know? Yes. Um, Rugby, all weekend. There's all kinds of fun games, Um, college, various teams. So check the schedule. Check my schedule. We have all the rugby schedules out there. So get out there. Uh, May 2nd is uh, the Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, um, their 10-year anniversary gala at the Four Seasons, and we would hope that people would come out and support those families that have lost children but are captured in beautiful memories from their photographers and, and things to, to have for the rest of their lives. Um, Kemp Gala, everyone, my gosh, get your tables, get your tickets. They, if anyone got to see Motown the Musical and they talked about The Temptations and Dennis Edwards, well, now you get to see them live at the Kemp Gala on May 8th. Tickets are, are going, and we would like to see all of you join us that evening. And May seventeenth, you've got the Colfax Marathon. In case everybody wants to sign up, but some other really cool things. There's the Chemistry of Energy. Ever heard of that, Angie? No. It's CU Wizards put it on, and it's in Boulder. It's free. It's going on tomorrow, 9:30 a.m. till 10:30, and it's it's um, for ages kindergarten through eighth. Um, and the professor Steve George presents the chemistry of energy as show geared to enlighten um, these young students. So that's something a little bit fun and different. Yeah. You've got the Colorado Bike Expo also going on tomorrow. Uh, I think tickets are like between ten and fifteen dollars at the Colorado Convention Center. So you'll have all kinds of one hundred exhibitors, thousands of bicycling enthusiasts, guest speakers, entertainment, um, kids zone. Once again, Children 12 and Under are free for the nice. Bike Expo happening. Excellent. And here's an- another really cute thing. The um, Dia del Nino going on tomorrow, Children's Day at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. Um, dance, music performances, art-making activities, all um, special IMAX and planetarium discounts. So um, it's a good day to go out to the museum. Oh, isn't this fun? I love it. <laughs> All these things. And then there's also another thing I want to share with everyone. There's a thing called Doors Open Denver. Ever heard of this? No. So I, there's I, about... I can't
0: believe I haven't heard some of these things.
8: I know. So, the city of Denver, this is offered free throughout this weekend, where you get to actually go to, uh, there's like 60 buildings that open the doors for people to come in and explore the city inside out. There are actual tours that you can sign up for. Um, it's really best just to go online and, and check love this it. out at the Denver or DoorsOpenDenver.com.
0: Okay, how do we find you, Terry Fisher, if someone would like to, you know, be one of Can your me? performers, oh.
8: artists, et cetera? Yeah, 303-635-1210, 5 It's the number five all over Facebook, 5star Talent Entertainment, sign up for a newsletter.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Terry Fisher. Have a great weekend. You bet. Happy
8: Friday, everyone.
3: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.